Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Quick throw here to the outside. And in for the touchdown goes Stefan Diggs. Uh, the reaction a little bit split on whether you're happy or not for Stefan Diggs. And we'll talk about that in a savage post by former gopher Antoine Winfield on his Instagram account that might make some Vikings fans happy. So all kinds of things to dive into and a mock draft Monday on Purple Daily. We're still uh we're still popping these Corona Hard Seltzers, baby. All throughout this football and playoff season, Declan Goff. Speaking of savage tweets, my savage tweets are usually sponsored by Corona Hard Seltzer because they 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 can produce some hot takes. Sometimes uh freezing cold, sometimes hot. I, I like a I like a cold seltzer, but I like a hot take. So uh, wow. that's kind of how I like to go about Look at that. Because Corona Hard Seltzer is the only hard seltzer made with Pure Beach vibes, with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, ninety calories, and is gluten free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spike sparkling water with natural flavors. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. Football! Football, yeah! Football! Football! All right, welcome in to the show. This is Purple Daily, part of the Score North Network. You can find Purple Daily. You can find Mackie and Judd. Judd's Hockey Show is part of Mackie and Judd. Red Hot Wild. Royce Unchained and also The Scoop with Doogie on scorenorth.com where you can also find Judd's musings about our local sports team. So uh, scorenorth.com and the Scorenorth app, free to download. That's the best just all-encompassing hub for everything we do here at Scorenorth. Uh, Purple Daily, all kinds of things to get to here today. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. It's a mock draft Monday, and I found... Not a one round, uh-huh. not a two round. I found a three round mock oh, for you yeah. guys. A three Gotta round. Give me a seven. Give me a seven. Football. Somebody give me a seven stack. Yeah. I think those exist. I think oh, if yeah. we could, like, I think our friends at like draftblaster.com. Draft Blaster. The Thinking Man's Guide to. How draft. can you be Draft Blaster and, and call yourself the Thinking Man's Guide to anything? <laughs> one of my all time favorite. I'm going to blast people. you at the draft. But draft we're going to think about blaster. it. But we're, <laughs> we're going to be really smart and intelligent with our breakdown. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to those, uh, those mocks in just a second here. But, uh, boys, before we get to the Stefan Diggs conversation, right before we hit the microphones, someone notified us. 
of a savage post Oof. by Antoine Winfield Jr. on Instagram. Yeah. Let's let's I we haven't I haven't seen this yet. Declan, you took a glimpse. All right. Go so ahead and read this. This is it. Antoine Winfield's uh, video. This is where he picks up the fumble, made a big play. But it's the caption here we gotta look at. Made some grown men cry last night, and I don't feel bad about it. That was for my pops back in 09. That is so good. That is so good for that kid. Good for him. I love it. Okay, were you guys at all thinking still about the 2009 NFC Championship game when Drew Brees' career was ending last night? Like, I honestly, I, I it's so long ago now, and I feel like the Saints have... I'm sure people disagree here, so open for discussion. I feel like the Saints have gotten their comeuppance multiple times since then. Like, they got the Minneapolis miracle handed to them. The Vikings then stuck it to them with Kirk Cousins, and then the Rams pass interference thing. They've lost a lot of playoff games since then, haven't they? A lot of terrible things have happened to them, and Drew Brees has never been back to a Super Bowl. Um where is that in your consciousness, I guess? It's it's clearly been in Antoine Winfield Jr.'s consciousness, which is amazing. So because I covered that game in, what was that, January 24th, 2010? Yeah. Um, because I covered it, every time I see a, a important playoff game or a playoff game um, from the Superdome, I think about that game. But I don't think about it like a scorned, oh, my God. I just think back to how, how loud, with fans at the time, that place was uh, and the environment and the nature of how that game went. But, yeah, I think the Saints have have had enough go wrong uh, playoff-wise since then that it's not at the forefront of of my thought process of this one's for the Vikings, especially since the Vikes won the playoff game there last year. But I will say this. That's a great tweet. <laughs> I love it. Because he's right. Like, his dad's team got screwed. Yeah. They got screwed. and And in that sense... That's a great one. I also, love it, it's just it's just spot on. If if you're going to talk trash, this is like yes. to me high level intelligence trash talk. And it's like it's an 11 year callback, man. Like it's it's, great. it's, it's like great. you're sitting on that thing for 11 years. His dad helps him still. He was like probably what 12 years old or yeah, something like that when that game happened. I'm sure he cried. And the best part about that that Instagram post is. I feel like the entire sentiment the last 24 hours and even leading up to the game was this is probably it for Drew Brees. Like this could be Drew Brees' last game. And then when he throws the interception and Tampa Bay goes down and makes it a 10-point game, you're sort of – the narrative is surrounding the legacy of Drew Brees and how he's the NFL's leading yardage passer and – you know, this is a moment to celebrate a great career in Antoine Winfield Jr. And a lot of Vikings fans are sitting around thinking, screw that. That dude's only Super Bowl championship came at the expense of the Vikings. You know, the Vikings should have made that trip. The Vikings would have beat the Colts. Yep. If not for the officials swallowing their whistles while Brett Favre's ankle took a sledgehammer to it for three hours. Mm-hmm. And the Ben Lieber pass interference in overtime and all the things that go into that game. But that was amazing. Savage. And that. That play on the strip was absolutely, I think, the play that changed the tone of that game completely. Yeah. Like, yeah. that play was huge. Yeah. Dude, he's a good player. Oh, he's a, yeah, I love him. And I get that, like, he's more of a safety. He's he's definitely kind of a hybrid defensive back. And I get that at the time, you know, the Vikings the Vikings were very secondary-centric when they drafted Jeff Gladney and, and Cam Dantzler, and I think Dantzler is going to be great. 
And and Gladney showed some flashes, but boy, you watch Antoine Winfield Jr. play, and a lot of people here in Minnesota, and I remember you know the the score in our audience saying, boy, if they could snag him in the second round or even the first round, Antoine Winfield Jr. He's his old man. You watch him play, and I there is a little regret there, and like man, couldn't they have found a way to yeah, to snag him? And now that Anthony Harris is going to be gone too, good for him. That that's a that's a great tweet. I love that. <laughs> so awesome. Awesome job by Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, burying the Saints Former one more golfers. time in the playoffs. He rolls, right? Yeah. J- Johnson's catch was phenomenal. Yeah, Dude, Tyler Johnson, that catch. Holy cow. Yeah. So the other the other thing in terms of uh, hometown ties that we have to dive into here, mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs advances to the AFC Championship game. He continues to put up huge yardage. So I tweeted out... I think it was on Saturday night. Yeah, 946. I said, I am legit happy for Stefan Diggs. Incredible mm-hmm. player, leader, and he was right about what a high-end offensive approach should look like. Um, this is, so far, we are 18 days into 2021. This is by far the most traction, positively and negatively, I have gotten on a social media post. <laughs> and I'll just, like, so just to expand on it, I am personally happy for Stefan Diggs. I also think he was right about the Mike Zimmer conservative ancient approach to offensive philosophy not being the way to maximize your scoring. And Buffalo has given him and themselves just a better way to score 30 points a game and win football games, right? Now, I get that this was a low-scoring game against the Ravens on on Saturday. Um, but I, I think the like the blowback that I got was about the word leader, that people think, listen, I could be happy for Diggs, and we're and we're certainly happy that Justin Jefferson is now in possession of the Vikings, you know, on a rookie contract for the next five years. But people took issue with the word leader. I don't love the way Stefan Diggs handled leaving practice for two days, and I think he probably could have done some certain things differently. But he was also a spark plug for that team behind the scenes during games on the sideline, not in like a Terrell Owens way. I think sometimes it's perceived as, oh, he's being demonstrative, therefore he is a cancer, right? Right. That's not the case with Stefan Diggs. And you watch the way that him and Josh Allen play off each other in the post-game interview. People love him in Buffalo. He definitely pushed his way out of Minnesota, and I get that that leaves a sour taste in people's mouths. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just don't fault a guy for wanting to play in a more modern, pass-centric offense, one one that features his skills more, yes, but also one that maximizes the team's offensive potential, the Vikings offense was good, but the Bills offense was second in scoring. The Bills offense was better at quarterback, offensive line, red zone trips, third down conversions, fourth down conversions, and eye test, I would also give you. Um, and so, like, I'm, I'm sort of holding two feelings. I'm happy for Stefan Diggs. I also think the Vikings made a good trade, and it's going to be fun watching Justin Jefferson. And I feel like it's okay to have those two feelings. How happy are you guys for Stefan Diggs? How do you guys unpack this? Very happy. And I... I think when you examine the reasons why guys uh, demand out, a, a lot of them are selfish. It's like, I didn't get the ball enough, or I don't like the quarterback, or I don't like this. Um, and, and when guys force their way out of a team for reasons like that, I understand why the fan base of the former team is frustrated and doesn't like that player. But ultimately, if you examine not how Stefan Diggs went about forcing his way out, but why he did, he was right. He was right. The Vikings do not run an offensive system that maximizes what they can do in 2020 or 21. And so in watching 
him play to me, it's a pleasure because you get to see all of the things that we thought were probably there, but were certainly not unlocked on a weekly basis previously because it, it was, of course, you know, like think about how long we, we talked about Diggs and Thielen, 1A and 1B, or is it 1B and 1A? The reality is Stefan Diggs is by himself a top five receiver in this league. And he has been unlocked now, and it's great to watch. And it's fun that he's gone to a team that previously, what, the last 25 years or so, did not have success. And now that they are, it's fun. So, yeah, I have no I have no problem with seeing him be successful. And I do think it's very important that the Vikings and their fan base don't look at how he got out, but look at why he got out. And the why is a very important cautionary tale to where this team could potentially go, good or bad. Yeah, he was right about the why. Yeah. He was. And I, and I get the Vikings were fourth in yardage this year. Well, they were outside the top ten in points. And that and that gap is one worth examining. You, you can't sit here and say, well, the offense wasn't, the, the defense was the problem. The defense was a problem. It was. The defense will get better in 2021. The gap between where the Vikings offense was and where it should be scoring-wise yes. is also a problem if you want to win a Super Bowl. And Stefan Diggs was pointing at that gap, and he was yelling about that gap <laughs> and being demonstrative and forced his way out because of that gap. Mm-hmm. It's not 1985, and Mike Zimmer oftentimes treats his offensive strategy. You don't like running all the time? Like it is. Like I'm all for running when you got a lead and you want to milk the clock. I'm not all for running 60% of your down, the first down 17 in Tampa. Let's run the ball some more. Yeah. Let, let's have a really long scoring drive. Yeah. And I get like, you know, offensive line, you, you're, you're, you're looking for players who can run block and zone run block. I mean, it's, it's, a, it, it, there's more to it than just like throw the ball more. But Dex, what do you, how do you sort of unpack this with Stefan Diggs? Are you happy for him? Um, are you, are you annoyed at the way he handled it on the way out? Where, where do you stand? Uh, I'm very happy for him, number one. I think it's awesome that he's out in Buffalo balling out, making Josh Allen look like a next-level quarterback. It's it's great. And he's a competitor. He's fiery. I want that on my team. And if you don't want that on your team, you want plain cereal eating Kirk Cousins, that's you, man. That's all on you, and that's fine. I like cereal, and I like plain things too. But mostly, I want the fiery dude that Stefan Diggs is. And you could exit out of any relationship, professionally, personally, romantically, and you could look back on it and say, man, I probably should have handled this maybe a little differently. I should have said this instead of doing that. But at the end of the day, he was correct in his assessment. So I, I'm happy for him. I think he's on, a, honestly, a fast track to possibly win Super Bowl MVP if he gets there because he's literally carrying Buffalo. You look at his receiving lines right now, and it's almost, I think it's five straight games over 100 yards. He's made Josh Allen look accurate for the first time in his career. This is a this is an awesome story, and I think Vikings fans should be enjoying it. And especially if there's a great reckless speculation or alternate reality, if it's Bills and Packers in the Super Bowl, and Diggs wins Super Bowl MVP, beating the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, that's delicious to me. I would love to see that. Wait, I th- well, I'm a Packer. You're fan. a Packer fan. What it's are you a talking no about? No lose situation for this pseudo Packer Vikings love the fan. Packers okay, and no, Rogers. it's a, a no lose situation. <laughs> I'm excited for him. I'm excited for him. So, so. Uh, to defend Kirk briefly here, to back up to what Dex just said, Kirk Cousins, gentlemen, would tell you what Declan said's not fair because I've got more. 
and I'm not allowed to show it. That's what Kirk would say. Yeah. And and he might be right, I he think, might be wrong, but he he's he, also like looks like he's also yelled like he, he has a case for that. He has he has been pissed a few times I think at play call and selection Absolutely. in games. So, yes. yeah. But but Kirk would say, "Hold on a second here. I am being told to give the ball to Cook. I would like to throw more." And this is where I come back to if you're going to go down the path that this uh, team has gone down with Kirk, I think you're obligated to take the training wheels off and to tell Kirk, let's see. And it might not work. I don't know. Well, but, it, but that's it, what yeah. Kirk would tell you. You know, what's what's the worst that can happen, right? And you know, and I get that they, they tried the that. Falcons game, probably. Well, they tried it with John Filippo in the first year. Yeah. And and by the way, Kirk had some huge games early in that season. Remember, they were going back and forth, throwing haymakers with the Rams yeah. on the road on a Thursday night and that Packers game. That was a game. defensive problem. You're right. Like, he, they, like the first half of that season, that offense through the air was putting up some big numbers. Um, and, and I think that might have been a year where was that the year Dalvin only played like six games or something too? I, can't, I, I might be getting he my hurt his hamstring, up. right? Yeah, I yes. think that no, was eight, yeah uh, eighteen. Excuse me. Yes. yes. Yep. So, anyways, you know, Stefan Diggs. I don't know. He's 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 a good guy, and you know, we we we're not going to sit here and pretend to know him like on a super personal level, but um, from everything we hear, he's fiery. He probably showed a little bit of immaturity he's, when he was here. He's damn good. But he's also damn good. <laughs> yeah. He's nuanced, and he is, I will stick by my word, leader. Is he a Tom Brady leader or a Russell Wilson leader? No, but he is a leader in the way that he goes about his craft, and I will I will not regret uh, posting that word in that tweet. Boys, Football. let's go around the room here. And let's discuss the things that the Vikings should have learned if they were taking notes. Division round weekend in the NFL. So, we did this last week. So much to learn. You're sitting on your couch. You're watching the playoffs from home for a reason. Yep. The best thing you can do is to soak it all in yep. and take some notes. Let's let's fire up the music and let's start with Judd Zolgad. Got all my notes. Things we're jotting them down. The Vikings should have learned from division round playoff games. I'm going to tie two together, and they both came uh, during Saturday's uh, game. They started in the Rams-Packers game and ended in the uh, Bills-Ravens game, okay? Mm-mm. What do you learn if you are Zim and Spielman? The Los Angeles Rams went to play the Packers in Green Bay with the regular season top defense in the National Football League. Yardage against number one, Zim's dream. Unstoppable, what is it? Immovable force and then you've got versus Aaron Donald, unstoppable who was, object. Who was banged up, but I mean, he's still a damn good player, right? Okay, so you've got a defense that's damn good, okay? You've got a running game. Akers, right? They're running back. He's pretty daggone good. Mm-hmm. The quarterback is very streaky. Um, he can be a disaster. He can be okay. But you know what? He's just a drop back for the most part, Jared Goff. <clears throat> this morning, you're at home. Let me tie that in with part two. Look at the statistics for the Bills-Ravens game, and I want you all, when when you Google these right now, I want you to take your finger, your index finger, and find rushing yards for the Buffalo Bills. 32 rushing yards. You know where the Bills are this morning? They're preparing for the American Football Conference Championship game. How did they do that without establishing the run? Didn't, didn't, uh, can I can I tie together? They had to establish can, the run. Can I can, yes? Can I tie together that that 
two of the tenants of Minnesota Vikings football. The tenants for success. One got a team to go home, and one that failed has a team still alive. If you do not learn from this in 2021, then I can't help you. I can't help you because the evidence is right here that what you're doing is flawed. If the Bills had established the run, <laughs> would they have scored 40 points, though? That's my question. Would that game have been a, I mean, honest would that have been a bigger blowout? Honest to God. Didn't you guys watch that, though? Like, the Rams, the, the Rams were just a bit short of being what Zim's dream is. Yeah, and, and I think, see, the Rams are an interesting offseason conversation, too, because if the Rams had Kirk Cousins, who's better than Jared Goff right now, and just, I think, clicking more than Jared Goff, the Rams might have had a better chance to put up some more points in that game. Is there a way to get Kirk Cousins to the Rams for a pick of some kind? But Jared Goff but has I mean, so much guaranteed money top, to the cap still. Top defense. Cam Akers is a good back, right? It's like all of those things. We're going into Green Bay, right? It's going to be cold. We're going into Green Bay to show the Packers what's what. We're going to play defense and establish the run. Yes. The Packers the run. are like, cool. We're Seriously. going to score 32 That's points good. and kick your ass. Yeah. Good talk. Um, all right, and this is, you know, these are things that the Vikings should be learning here. So this is this is going to be tough love because they're watching teams that are better than them right now. The number one thing, I think, when you look at what's left going into championship weekend here, okay? If the Vikings want to win a Super Bowl, and that is the mission statement of this show, day in and day out, we speak through this mission statement. Everything we do and say on this show, you might think we're being too negative or we're too hard on this guy or that guy. If the Vikings want to win a Super Bowl, and then the mission statement is win a Super Bowl before we all die, okay? The measuring stick for that isn't what you saw last weekend in the AFC Championship game. Or, I'm sorry, in the in the wild card weekend. The measuring stick is what you're going to see in the AFC and NFC Championship games. The measuring stick isn't the six and the seven seeds, the Bears and the Browns, and Jeb brought up like the Rams and, and the Titans and the Colts. Those are good teams. Those are playoff teams, Okay. Those aren't Super Bowl winning teams. The Vikings are like at this point where, boy, if we can just do this and this, we can be the Titans. If we can do that a little bit better, we we can be the Rams, right? Yeah. yeah. No. The measuring stick is what you're about to see next weekend. That's the game we're playing here. The game is Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Andy Reid, aggressive play calling, grapefruits on the table on fourth and one, like... In an instance where Mike Zimmer is going to lean on the defense and punt, yep. Andy Reid is going to say, we have a backup quarterback who's going to throw a pass here, right? The, the, that's the bar starting next weekend, what you should really look for in Super Bowl DNA, right? Every team remaining has something special on it, the, like, or multiple special things. The Buccaneers have the greatest quarterback of all time, the most clutch leader quarterback of all time, a dude who's been to now 14 conference championship games, in 19 years or something as a starting quarterback, yeah, like it's ridiculous. Well, he you know he's not mobile. Kirk's not mobile, and then the comparisons stop. Okay, yes. so I don't want to hear the like. Well, Tom Brady's not mobile and won a Super Bowl. Tom Brady is a leader cyborg who just goes to the championship game every single year. Uh, the Chiefs, they've got maybe the most special quarterback in NFL history. Andy Reid is a special aggressive play caller. The Bills have a dynamic mobile quarterback who creates plays out of thin air and throws the ball 40 yards down the field on the runoff one leg. Packers have Rodgers. So what is it 
that makes the Vikings special, like Super Bowl special in 2021-2022? You have to ask yourself that question. It's Dalvin Cook, their running game. They're th- establishing Dalvin Cook. That's what they're going to say. I know. They're going to say th- Dalvin Cook that's where they're, yeah. and a defense. Yes. And I'm going to say, well, that formula, if you're going to say running back that and was, a defense, that, that, that formula keeps getting eliminated before we get there. Right? Absolutely. So, yes. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe watching these games, like you mentioned some of the numbers already, like maybe pounding the rock and establishing the run are overrated. Look at the the Chiefs, Bucks, and Bills. We're all bottom 10 in the NFL this year in run play right, percentage, okay. okay? All right. Let they me, throw the ball to win. Let me give you you guys this. Would you go with, with Thielen, Jefferson, Dalvin to pound the rock or... You don't sign Cook. So, and you drafted just that this is pie in the sky. You drafted Jefferson still. So now you've got Diggs, Jefferson, Thielen running back by committee. Which do you take? Because I know which one I take. Oh my God. Yeah. It's not even close. Yeah. yeah, Give me, give me three deep version 2.0. And look at the teams right now who go by running back by committee. I, I believe the Packers had three guys Packers at actually, their disposal on Saturday. The Packers actually have more of a run-first mentality in a lot of ways than these other teams do. They I mean, do. The, the Packers actually run the ball like sixth most in the NFL. They're kind of right there with the Vikings. Uh, but make no mistake, Aaron Rodgers is... like They'll, they'll put the game right. on Aaron Rodgers. But you know what the matters. Packers don't in- invest in, Phil Mackey? Running backs. Yeah, they, they churn them They're out. They're just like, hey, hey, you're a running back for yeah. two years, and then you're going to sign with the Texans. Oh, boy. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, even like in terms of philosophy, look at this weekend, okay? The Chiefs brought their backup quarterback in the game. Yep. A perfect time to just establish the run, milk the clock, let's play some defense and go. And Andy Reid's like, no. I'm going to call the same plays I would call if Pat Mahomes was the quarterback at one point to their detriment because that interception that Chad Henney threw in the end zone was ridiculous. Like... It's a terrible interception, and it was a terrible play call. But, but the, the the message here is: throw the ball, be aggressive. Look at the DNA of of, of what's left here. Um, it's Hall of Fame quarterbacks, it's rookie contract quarterbacks, and 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 that's what wins Super Bowls in the NFL. Empower your so, players. Yeah, the Vikings are training wheels, man. Like their offense <laughs> is training wheels. This is yeah. This it starts, is, with, it starts with Kirk. Kirk yeah. can't do that. We can't let Kirk. Do that. It's so so. Um, my takeaway, my second one off the Packers game, is very simple. All right. So they they used a rotation of three backs on Saturday because they do not invest. They they will not they will not pay guys. They'll churn them out. They'll be gone. That's fine. But did you notice where the Packers were damn good against the Rams' top ranked defense on Saturday? Interior offensive line. Yes. The interior offensive line of your biggest rival, take notes, is really good. Mm-hmm. And you know what that does? That gives your quarterback more time to operate. That does, you know, the thing that I'm sick of from the Vikings is, is this. Well, the run blocking's pretty good. I mean, the pass protection's not good, but the run block, that's not the goal. Like when you sit down and march to assess, do you say, Let's watch only the run blocking film because that's fun to watch because we're good there. No, you say, why can't we pass protect? The Green Bay Packers spend their money in different places than the Vikings, right? And one place that they clearly invest time and scouting 
into because it's not household names. It's how good th- these guys are at what they do. Interior offensive line. And all of a sudden, guess what, Phil? The, that Rams top-ranked D can't do nearly as much when they're going up against, uh, against two guards and a center who are good at what they do. Yeah, This is tough love, but they have to hear it. They have to hear it. Um, you, you bring up Packers and where they allocate their money to, so their highest paid, I'll just go off position, their highest paid players, according to Spotrack.com, their quarterback, I mean, that's just, Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest of all time. Um, Zadarius Smith, he is a pass rusher. David Bakhtiari is a franchise left tackle. Devontae Adams is arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. He's in the top three. Um, those are your four highest paid players. Two of them are meant to help Aaron Rodgers. One is meant to get after the other team's Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. Right? Yes. So, Declan, what, what else should the Vikings have been learning this weekend? Uh, how to be gutsy and how to be – when, when, when the game is on the line, can your coaching staff call a play that basically wins you the game? So the Browns punt. I understand why the Browns punt there. I, I, was there a case to maybe go for it? Sure. But Chad Henney was in. He just threw one of the most atrocious passes that's ever been thrown in the back of the end zone the series before. That's fine. So it's third and 14. Chad Henney, on the grace of God, scrambles for almost a first down. And then on fourth and inches, you're thinking, okay, fourth and inches, screw it. Let's go for it. And you're thinking maybe, speaking of establishing the run, power up the middle, right? Or a nice QB sneak. Just put that nose of the football over the line. No, five wide, backup quarterback, season on the line. <laughs> and Andy Reid had the cojones to do it. Nine out of ten, excuse me, 11 out of 10 times, Mike Zimmer is going... Fullback C.J. Ham, fourth and inches, or Dalvin Cook every single time. Or punting in that or spot. Or punting. The, the Vikings did go right, for it a lot on fourth down, which is good. But in that spot, the Vikings they punt. punt. They right. punt, they punt sure. in that spot. So, I, so I would hope that Mike Zimmer and the coaching staff as a whole can look at what happened in that Chiefs-Browns game and understand that when the game is on the line and it's the playoffs like that, you got to be aggressive. And mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer, generally, has never been that aggressive. He empowered Chad Henney. Chad Mike can't bring himself to empower Kirk Cousins. I legitimately was watching that. I was like, is it still Matt Moore? Like, who is the backup? I don't even know who the backup was. I thought thought Matt Moore was coming in. I had no no idea. Amazing. So before we get to Mock Draft Monday, any any other just like quick pieces of tough love for the Vikings? I saw one thing and I don't I, I don't get it at all. The Browns Chiefs game. So help me here. The Browns have a second down play, okay? And I think it was the first half. They passed on it. Like they took a shot. You're not supposed to do that. Hey, everybody. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is stepping up their game even more than usual in 2021 for you business owners out there. If there are business owners who are also Purple fans, you're going to want to listen up here because my, my shield has been recently launched by Federated Insurance the online client destination for risk management resources. Now, as a business owner, how helpful would it be for you to have employee training at your fingertips? Industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. Think about all the things that involve risk with your employees. Well, MyShield has resources to help your business with all of these things, whether it's handbooks, safety training and videos, customizable risk management plans, you name it. You can find out more at federatedinsurance.com or just download the app. There's a little My Shield button. You can just click on the Federated website. Uh, you can also just find out contact information for your Federated marketing representative today. Remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. 
Second in anything is run. Like, <laughs> Especially second like, and short you when you're so close to a first down. Like, like, what are you doing trying to pass the football? I mean, second down, you're exploring options? The second and one stat is probably the, the one that frustrates me the most about the Vikings in that. And so if you're, if you're not familiar, we've thrown this out a couple times. The Vikings, at least going into the last two weeks, my research was like through week 15 or something. They ran the ball on 89% of second and short plays. Think about that. Second and short. So second and one or second and two. When your playbook is wide open, like the defense is sitting there thinking, my God, well, they only have two yards to go for a first down. So we need to be ready for the run. But they could run play action and trick us. They could spread it wide. Like there's on second and short, you can literally run anything. And they run the ball 90% of the time. Stefanski's lost his mind. I mean, that is like that is the down and distance where, especially for a play action offense, you could be hitting big plays down the field it is all a the time. Blank canvas of football. <laughs> yes, like it's the you can football. paint anything that you want, and you're like, give me the watercolors. And they're thinking, oh, we're so close to a first down. Let's just move the chains and yeah. get another first. It's like, yeah, okay, but but how about when they run on second nine? Yeah, so second and fifteen. Oh, we got we lost on first down. Now we need to we need to run we the need ball to get and that get ball a back to the line, right? of, the old yeah. line of scrimmage. Yeah. So all right, tough love for the Vikings. They do deserve it, and they should be taking and notes. We'll learn plenty more next weekend too. <laughs> yes, we will. Yes, we will. Boys, I have in front of me. I want a mock. A three round mock draft here for Mock Draft Monday from ProFootballNetwork.com. It is entitled. Valdivino's three-round mock. <laughs> Valdivino's. Valdivino's, right. is that a restaurant? A nice Italian restaurant somewhere? like a wrestler, even. I don't Valdivino's, know. it does sound like an upscale San Francisco yeah. Italiano I'll have place your, I'll have your best. Bring me the bread. Yeah. Bring me that bread and some pasta, damn it. I'm I at Valdivino's. And I like a three-round mock draft, too. If the pasta's not on the side, I send it back. Matthew Valdiv- Valdivino is the author here with the kiss yeah. of this mock. Draft. I want a mock. So we're g- I'm going to go through some of the other teams in the first round here. The Vikings don't have a second round pick, but they have two third round picks. So we'll give you those. Okay. All right, number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars and their new coach now, um, Urban Meyer, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson. Yeah. Th- thought he might thought he might go with the Ohio State guy there, his his own uh, no. Justin Fields, but nah. Trevor Lawrence. All right, number two. They've projected a trade. They have projected a trade here, Declan. Go okay. ahead, hit, uh, hit yeah. your little draft sounder. They've got the San Francisco 49ers trading up to take Justin Fields from Ohio State. Oh, wow. Cool. Really? Mm-hmm. I dig it. Zach Wilson, the BYU mm. kid, going fourth to the Atlanta Falcons. Love it. Jamar Chase to the Bengals at five. I'm just going to skip a couple here. Ooh, Trey Lance, a fourth quarterback off the board. In the first seven picks to the Detroit Lions. Oh, good for them. That's a great Lions pick to work with Danny Campbell. They got the Miami Dolphins in a projected trade with the Cowboys here. I've lost track of like who picks where now. Taking Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama at 10. He could be special. He's a nice player. Jalen Waddell, the other wide receiver from Alabama, going to the Jets at 12. That's after their trade with the Niners. All right. And I'll just skip right to the Minnesota Vikings at 14. According to ProFootballNetwork.com, mm. taking is it pronounced Quitty Pay, the edge rusher from Michigan? Yeah. So uh, this is the same selection I made in a previous mock because the pick makes so much sense. The Vikings lack defensive talent both on the interior and on the edge. 
Daniel Hunter's a superstar, but he can't do it alone. Pairing him with arguably the best edge rusher in the class makes a ton of sense. So I think that, that seems like a pretty pretty obvious Zim piece gets of his logic. man. Zim wins again. Yep. But that's not all here. I want a mock. Mock! Val Devino right. goes into the second round, which the Vikings do not have a pick because of the unique Ngakwe trade. They got another third-round pick back in the other unique Ngakwe trade. And so with their two third-round picks, and this might be the most interesting of this mock here, okay? Mm-hmm. With the 78th pick, the Vikings are taking Jalen Twyman, interior defensive lineman from Pittsburgh. We'll so he's got them addressing a, a couple things ta- A little three-tack help there, yeah. But then with the 90th pick, Minnesota Vikings selecting out of Florida. No way. Quarterback Kyle Trask. I want a mock. Mock. Slipping to the third round. Your thoughts? Oh, that's interesting. I don't know what to make of him in the pro game. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, his stats were great. I think his, his weapons were fantastic. I don't, I watched him a bit and I don't know if he's going to translate. But I mean, it's a good, it's a good uh, gamble. And I guess he'd probably go in the third round to somebody. I'll say this. I don't hate it. I like the idea I don't hate it. of this is just total like general high level thought here. But I like the idea of a guy that has frequently been projected as like one of the four or five best quarterbacks. Draft stock has slipped a little bit um, and maybe he falls to the third round and you grab him and you feel no pressure to play him at all in 2020. Like a guy that was maybe supposed to be a first round talent sure. in some ways. You can sit him completely free of mind in the in the entire 2021 season. Yep. I, I like that idea. Um and it doesn't put a ton of pressure on Cousins and make him feel all flustered like there's a you know replacement Because you gotta worry about that. I, I do like the idea of just taking a quarterback period in this draft and yeah. you could do worse than Kyle Trask in the third round. I mean Dex is the one that watched the full game of Kyle Trask. Yeah. So I I wouldn't mind it as a third round pick, I guess, because it, it wouldn't put the pressure on to start right away, and I just see him as someone who's going to need a lot of time before he probably steps in an NFL offense. And that college offense with his, I forget, as it pits his tight end, I forget the tight yeah, end that's probably, yeah, really probably going to be one of the first tight ends off the board in this draft. Yeah, his skill guys were talented. I don't know. I, I It's a fine pick. I don't think it's a bad pick. But, third round's probably fair. Yeah, third round's fair. But if it's second or like a late first trade-up situation, oh, I no, got no, issues. No. I got not first round pick. I mean, the one again, it's it's so hard sometimes. Like Florida has a lot more. You look at Josh Allen at Wyoming and be like, what? He couldn't yeah. even light it up at Wyoming. And That's then, true. OK, well, a lot of people were wrong about that. And then Kyle Trask has a bunch of NFL players around him at Florida. But I would look and see this year, for instance, he lit up Alabama in that game yeah. in middle December, like 400 yards passing. It was a shootout. He was toe to toe the entire game. Um. Georgia, he put up 474 yards and four touchdowns against Georgia. Neutral site game on uh, November 7th. I mean, there's there's some there there. At him. 90, I I think it's justifiable. Yes. Like, for, I, I don't think 14, that we freak no. out. Oh, no, at 14, no. <laughs> yeah, but if you if you wind up getting, 90, like, the, the best edge rusher in the draft with your first-round pick and you get Kyle Trask in the third round, that's not a that's not a bad it's not bad way to go about uh, your first and then tell Kirk no pressure for a year then your week three then, comes around and it's Sorry, over <laughs> exactly so there it is I want right. a mock. mock draft Monday mock. mock draft Monday here on uh, on Purple Daily three rounder we're gonna have to up the ante next, and see if yeah. we get a week, seven rounder at next some week point. seven five what I think we should maybe see if there's what are we going a, for a next five. week actually I feel like 
Well, don't they have like seven fifth round picks or something? Yeah, <laughs> and like I don't care. And, yeah, and that's Rick. And, that's Rick's Ballywick. And if you're in the mocking game, like I could see you, you could extend it to a two rounder or a three rounder. If you get beyond three rounds, you might as well just go to seven. So I don't think we're going to find like a four round mock. Sure, you're okay. either going to get for one, two, three, or seven. I'd guess. like to get through five. Like okay. the, the last two, I don't care about. We'll see if the we first can five rounds. Not too bad. See if we can find something. Uh, and tomorrow we will continue our How to Fix the Vikings series here on Purple Daily. We're doing that every Tuesday and Thursday. We did it today. Well, we're pretty much doing I mean, it every day. We're trying to tell them what to do. Yeah, they should be They should be tuning in here. And if you have made it this far on the episode, please give us a five-star review and a positive rating on Apple, Apple Podcasts. It helps us spread the word about the show. And click the subscribe button on our Purple Daily YouTube channel. We'll see you guys tomorrow.